1: You're listening to the Kang's Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kang's Cast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. kingscast this is d fresh eric and ryan we're here for our 16th podcast excited to have you this week follow us personally at kingscast d fresh at kingscast eric and at kingscast ryan this episode as always is brought to you by ziggy smoke shop follow them on instagram at ziggy smoke shop 209 they have locations in stockton and tracy and uh let's let's catch up with the kings real quick currently this morning where they're at they are uh 27 and 35 overall they're 11 and 6 in their last 17 games 6 and 2 since the all-star break and they're three and a half games behind the memphis grizzlies for that eighth seed that we are rapidly chasing so we're gonna we're gonna get right into what we want to discuss tonight is the very much anticipated uh possible return of rashawn holmes but we're gonna talk about that and how maybe we're in the minority um about holding back our excitement about him. So whoever wants to go first, Rashawn Holmes probably back tonight. Let's let's talk
2: about him. Yeah, the return of the superstar. Previous MVP chance. No, I'm just I'm just messing around. It, it's gonna be you know, it's nice that Rashawn Holmes is gonna come back. Uh, you know, I, I just don't want people to get too ahead of themselves. You know, the the guy uh, he played very well early on, but that was a while ago. Uh, you know, the teams changed so much. I don't, you know, Doug, I don't know if you can find this out, but how many games did he actually play with De'Aaron Fox? Um, uh, you know, now, now that the, I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, we could have done this before the show. I guess that's my fault. I just kind of, I, I just didn't really think, you know, anyways, but, uh, you know, the, the, the team has changed. The front court has changed. And since the team has been playing so well and that we are in a legitimate playoff race, I don't, you know, I don't know if Rashawn Holmes has uh, garnered the superstar status to just be able to come back and be throwing back into the fire. You know, um, I I just don't want him taking away minutes from other guys and stuff, but it's going to be good to see him out there. Hopefully he really is healthy. Um, and if he is, I really do think he can give us a boost.
0: So. Yeah, that's I, f- I feel you on that one. That's kind of what I've been saying is, is about Holmes, right? Is that um, you know, coming into the year, like what was Holmes, right? Bench player. He's a bench player. Yep, yep, Accurate. very much so. Bench player came in, uh, and when the team wasn't playing that great and played really hard, and I think people really liked him, and rightfully so, he played, you know, played well. But uh, what was his averages before he got hurt, Doug? Like. 13 and seven. Yeah. Uh, he's played 37 games this year,
1: 13.1 points a game, 8.5 rebounds.
2: Probably pretty accurate to what uh, Harry Giles has done since the all-star break. Yeah. And it's, that's not, I mean, it's not world
0: beaten. So like you said, for him to come in and like demand, you know, uh, the parting of the red sea in the front court, so to speak. Oh, yeah. And for which I was like walk in there and be like, <laughs> all right, your boy's back in town, right? Like, give me my spot back. I just don't really think he's earned that. Uh, that's what's so funny, though, about the Kings is um, even, like, these dudes in the on Twitter, you know, these blog guys on Twitter, um, early in the season, remember how they were, like, oh, Sean Holmes is going to be a centerpiece of this team moving forward. We need to extend him now, like, over 30 games. It's like, oh, my God. The, the thing is, is, is that he's coming into a situation, like you said, uh, I'm way more a formidable front court than when he left. Um, and there's there's other guys that do similar things and so and that have been contributing as of late. So for him to come in, I I don't think he should get in the starting lineup right away just because I don't think that's how it works when you come back from injuries. And um, I think he could work his way there. And I think as we go into this discussion, maybe, maybe we'll see. I don't really know where you guys stand, but maybe he works his way into there um maybe he doesn't but definitely something to watch at the end of the day though, the Kings are getting better at time they need to get better so that's good
1: yeah just something to throw out too he's been out since January 6th obviously with that torn labrum uh, in his shoulder but the Kings are 13 and 12 in those 25 games of his absence so they've still been able to stay above 500 so you know the MVP chance are a little uh overboard as we've said before
0: they barely, they barely stayed over 500.
2: Yeah. It's still over did, 500, though. <laughs> did we ever, Doug, if possible, and it doesn't got to be right now, but at some point in the show, can we, how many games has he played with Darren Fox?
1: You know, he came back. That would take, that would take me some time, but well, I mean, I can just, do my best while well, you're talking. We can,
2: no, well, we can try to, we can try to guesstimate, you know, what, uh because what, Darren Fox missed 17 early on, right? When 19. did, when did. Nineteen. When did he come back? He came back in December, sometime. Am I correct? Yeah, I think on it was that? late December. You know what I mean. So he probably didn't. He probably hasn't even played a of a, a full month with Darren Fox. So that's going to be interesting, man. That's going to be uh, you know, the the faster pace. You know, Darren Fox is. You know, we all know Rashawn Holmes isn't shooting 15, 20 footers. He's camping out in the paint and that's where Darren Fox likes to live as well. So that's going to be an interesting mix to see how the two, um, uh, you know, mesh together. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So, OK, I, I'll throw this out there then
0: Um, while we're looking up kind of Holmes, because I think it, we're going to talk about the heavy front court and log jam and, and all this and how it fits to everybody. So. You mentioned uh, Giles, Ryan. So Giles has has been playing awesome, which is exciting because I think Kings fans have been waiting um, pretty much since he's been here for him to, to hold it down and not be treated like a little bubble boy, you know, a little bubble boy Giles. <laughs> but um, he's finally killing it. And, and yeah, you said statistically um, it's probably been pretty similar to the homes. I'm sure Doug's going to pull that up and, and give us the, the, the facts on all that. Um, I sh- sh- I guess Holmes comes back. Giles is already in there. What do you, what do you think? Where, 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 where do you think Giles falls into that? Does he fall
2: back or does he stay where he's at? Do I do you think? think you have to, you know, you have to give Giles the benefit of the doubt and keep him in right now. Uh, you know, we we all know Harry Giles is probably going to get into foul trouble tonight anyway. <laughs> That's just what the guy does. I, I don't <laughs> think he's... It's a given. Yeah, I, defensively, I don't think he's... He's ready to play 30 minutes. Obviously, he's not because I think the other night he played like 15 minutes. The guy gets in foul trouble. It's, it's what he does. But you have to keep Harry Giles out there in the starting lineup. We are winning. If it ain't broke, do not fix it, man. We The Kings are playing the best basketball that they have played all season. And it's it's to the point that I just brought up a couple minutes ago about Darren Fox and, and Rashawn Holmes both liking to live in the paint. Harry Giles is able to come up and set high screens and pass from the elbow. He's a great passer, and I think that's why he's thriving so much right now is because the offense is a little more opened up. He's allowed to come out on the elbow. Um, he's allowed to. It's pretty much, hey, Darren Fox, you get into the paint whenever you got to. Um, he, you know, he had that nice behind the back pass the other day. Perry brings a different element than Rashawn Holmes does, and also Doug just told us right now. Uh, back to what we were talking about is Holmes. Holmes and Fox have only played what ten games together. That's correct. That was um, that was since Fox came back. So uh yeah, that was so post played, injury. Okay, so 10 games pretty much in the meat of when Rashawn Holmes was getting minutes and playing his best. So uh, you know, I don't know what the record was in that, but I, I just have a hard time um taking Giles out of the starting lineup right now when he has been playing so well. Even it's limited minutes, the team is doing great. Uh, I think it's Rashawn Holmes's job to fit in where he can get in.
1: Yeah. And real quick um, in those 10 games uh, since De'Aaron Fox returned from his ankle injury, the, uh, the Kings were one in nine in those 10 games with, with Holmes and Fox exactly. on the floor at the same time.
2: Exactly. And, and I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to chalk that up to, you know, obviously I don't remember where games they were, but I think Rashawn Holmes, you know, um, like I said, him being in the paint and that's where De'Aaron Fox likes to live. It's, I want to see how that's going to mesh, man, because right now, again, Harry Giles is such a great passer from the elbow that it allows, you know, the offense to open up a little more, allows Darren Fox the freedom to get into the paint, not have to worry about a freaking log jam.
0: Brian, are you in the camp that people are saying, I've heard a lot of people put it out there that um, maybe, maybe Giles moves to the four and then the homes, and this isn't right away, but maybe within like a week, you know, Giles goes to the four and then Bialisa goes to the bench and plays with Lynn, and then you have Bialisa, you have Lynn, you have Buddy Heald, Baysmore and Corey Joseph. Just add a little more scoring, and as Alex Lynn seems to be seems seems to improve the second unit defensive lineup because he's kind of some backup help, right? So I've heard that. So are are you in that belief that maybe both of them can coexist in the front court together? Um, possibly
2: the the where you're gonna run into trouble is when you play. Um, you know, because I was looking at, we still have to play New Orleans twice, okay? Just bear with me for a minute because I'm going to go over some of these. We, you got to play New Orleans twice. I think we play the Lakers again and stuff. Uh, that's not good matchups for Harry Giles, dude. For a guy who's already in foul trouble, right? A guy who doesn't, you know, he, he hustles and stuff, but his body's not ready defensively. So when you play those top, you know, those teams, like, let's be honest, Zion Williamson is a beast, dude. Harry's not going to be able to guard that guy at the four. All right. Harry's not going to be able to guard Anthony Davis at the four. So for you to put him at the four and try to, you know, have him play defense on guys who are going to be more athletic and just as big. I don't, I don't know, man. I defensively, I don't know if it works. Honestly, it's, it's fine right now when you put Harry Giles on, on the five, because who has centers in the NBA right now? Not a lot of guys. He's, he's, he's more guarding guys like JaVale McGee every night, you know? So it's, I, I just don't see really defensively how that works, man. I, I don't know. I I don't know. What do you What do you think on that? I, I just I don't I don't see it. I honestly I I don't.
0: I, I I feel like the front court is gonna is kind of log jammed, but that's a good thing because I'm I see. I think that if you're kind of an average team in the NBA, you have to have a lot of depth, and especially in the front court. And that's where early in the season we were hella hard on the Kings about was that they didn't have um, the depth and they didn't have the depth previous years. So finally, you know, they have multiple guys. They have two guys who are straight bangers, you know, in homes and land, those guys are physical. They could block shots. They could rebound um, two guys. And then you have, and then you have jaws. Who's kind of like this versatile athletic kind of can, can dunk at the rim can kind of pass. And then you have the who's really the stretch for the shooter. Um, the passer you know uh, that plays at at the wing if you will so they have they if they finally have a a roster of um what we talked about early and this is variety of lineups you know so the one thing i hope is that is that there's some type of chemistry and plan with all these guys and that it, it could change night to night and it can vary because i'm i think too that some of these key games coming up with Holmes maybe not ready to take the minutes, but they have to play a physical team who goes to the rim. I would be surprised if Alex Lynn gets a couple of random starts, right? Exactly. Would you be surprised? No, and would you, com- would you complain? I wouldn't complain. Yeah,
2: that's exactly kind of what I was getting at when I was talking about, you know, if you put Giles at the forward, the miss, there's going to be, there's going to be mismatches every single night. And, you know, one night, hey, honestly, one night, it might be cool if, you start Lennon Holmes together, who knows, you know, just because of big lineups or, or maybe you start, I know I was talking to Eric about this yesterday. I, I this is something that I would like to see. Maybe there'll be a night where Alex Lynn and it's Harrison Barnes at the four. And then you're going, you know, Kent Baysmore buddy or bogey since they don't like to play buddy no more. Uh, Fox, you know, that's, I could see them doing <laughs> variations of stuff like that just because of mismatches. And it's not like, it's not like Sacramento. You know, we check all the boxes for our front court. We have physical guys. We have guys who can stretch it. We have guys who can pass from the elbow. The only box that they don't check from the front court is Superstar, And which is fine because now that gives you the ability to, uh, you know, bench guys if you need to. You're not going to go benching an Anthony Davis because he has a, di- a different kind of a mit- uh, mismatch. You know what I mean? So, that's good for us that we have that variety. And I do believe that if the Kings are to get the eight seed, they got to be able to mismatch lineups every single night. I don't believe um, that Harry should get twenty night 20 minutes every night. I don't believe, you know, Rashawn Holmes to get 20. It's going to be a variety. So good question, man.
1: Yeah. Just to go off of what you just said, Ryan, about um, mix match and lineups. Do you think, especially in this, you know, last 20 game stretch and they're trying to clinch a playoff spot that that could really affect the outcome of games when I mean switching up the lineup so much in the front court
0: so for, for me that that was my thought and that's that's kind of what I've just been saying since the beginning and I'll repeat what I just said is that that was my biggest knock on the Kings early is that they had one or two lineups that they could go to and that's what they've had to rely on and then when they get in certain matchups it's like game over one game that really stands out to me and Ryan Doug see if you guys remember do you remember that game against the tra- – no, no, the game against the uh, Trailblazers super early where Bogdan Bogdanovich missed the game? Um, I don't know if you guys remember this. So so Bogey missed the game, and, dude, the Kings got destroyed, and Son Whiteside had, like, stupid rebounds that game, and it was because they just didn't have Lack a of lineup to put out there. Just lack of just depth overall, mm-hmm. lack of athleticism overall. They 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 like, oh, we're gonna roll out with the same lineup we've been all season. And if it works, good. If not, not. And when you're a team that wants to win in um games throughout the um throughout the season, you need you need to have like to be able to be able to, like what we're saying is raw roll, roll out with there with different lineups. And that's where I think um you know uh, people's mindset maybe we can we can give a little bit different perspective for people is that i think people like well this guy has to start he has to play these amount of minutes and he has to play tonight and oh but he's been good and we want to keep him in the future so now he's got to play in the role and we're going to force it force it when you are it when you are a team that is just trying to win at the end of the day you need to put that ego aside you need to put the pride aside and you just need to roll out there with the best matchups and when you have four to five guys in your front court that all do different things, couple of them the same things. That's great. And and we got to be okay with that. So, as long as they keep the Kings are running out there with the right formulas each night and, and winning and competing, you're not going to hear me complain about anybody's minutes. It's just it's just when one guy who we feel deserves to get in that lineup, which you know, I think we feel Giles deserves to be in the rotation. If we see him being relegated back to December Giles usage, and the Kings aren't having the
2: success. That's where I think you'll see us and other people get frustrated, right? Yeah, that's and and that's what this whole that's that's pretty much what we you just summed that up pretty well. It's you know, I I just I don't want them to just roll again, man. You can't just roll out there with the same exact lineup. This a part of not a part of a big reason why Sacramento has surged late on is because they went and got actual nba talent that can come in and play minutes at any point shipping off wayne and gabriel you know to bring in part of the the kent Bazemore thing that's awesome dude what was you know that's a good move on vladi of you know bringing in an nba talent guy and i don't want to touch too much on the trades because we've already done that but now that we are legitimate i don't know what it be 10 deep of actual nba talent nba bodies that are ready to come in anytime man but Sacramento's in a great position right now. And so we just need to keep that a, hey, you know, let's keep the let's keep the um fluidity and and the the different lineups every single night, man. Let's let's keep it rolling just because Rashawn Holmes is coming back doesn't mean he deserves 25 minutes, man. If we're winning, we're winning. Yep,
0: and I to to I guess close out this topic cuz I know we got a full list of things here. I just wanted to say one more thing and it's something I said what a week or two ago when we did the pod and it's that if you and i say it was kind of cheesy right but if if you come in and you are a uh and you play hard in sacramento people fucking love you Kent Bazemore getting mad love for holmes early mad love alex len alex len is you know is exciting he's a maybe we can go off this at the end of the season when we're talking about keep or not keep Al, alex len is a former top 10 pick extremely physically gifted exciting to watch. He's been playing hard. People fucking love him. And um I think combined with with all these guys wanting it, playing hard and the different lineups are like you saying it's been a fun two weeks of Kings basketball m- most definitely, you know? So that the front court situation it, it's a debate, but it's it's I'm glad to be having this one. All
1: right guys, good shit. Good shit. I enjoyed that. Um so let's move on to kind of the, let's transition to the back court and let's let's touch real quick on a uh, Buddy Healed. Um You know, obviously he's been, I would say up and down, but he's still been pretty consistent shooting in the last eight games since the all-star break, 16.6 points a game, not a ton, but I'll get to why in a second. He's 28 of 64 from three points, still really good, 43.7%. But he's been only averaging 23.6 minutes a game. So pretty much under a half, a half a game that he's been playing. Um, You know, he's been pulled in late situations. It's yeah, makes a bad pass. Luke sits him or something like that. So let's jump in on that about Buddy and his lack of you know minutes lately.
2: Okay, so when this happened, when when Buddy got moved to the bench, you know, obviously I'm gonna say it again, the second week in a row, we're a very Buddy Healed friendly podcast, dude. I I really believe in Buddy Healed, but I can't say that since he's went to the bench, the Kings have been winning. OK, you, you, it's 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 they, they've been winning. OK, Buddy's playing 23 minutes, 25 minutes. They are winning. All right. Um, do I think they'd win even with Buddy in the lineup and play more minutes? Yes, I do, because I still think he's better than Bogey. But uh, hey, is like I just said five minutes ago, man, if the team's winning, they're winning. Let's keep rolling with it. If there if there's going to be nights where Buddy, you know, goes off 35 minutes. Awesome. If he's got to play 18 minutes and we still win. Awesome. Where I will have a problem with is if he is playing those 18 minutes, they don't win and Bogdanovich continues to to not shoot well. That's that's where I'm going to start having an issue with it. But hey, winning cures all and it, but he's got to accept his role right now. The team is rolling. I think we should put it out there like why we
0: all cuz collectively I think we we all are Buddy Hill fans, exactly. right? All three exactly, of us. Sir. And I you guys can chime in, but I'll I'll give I'll give everybody listening here's why we are such big Buddy Hill fans because um I think that it's rare that you can get a guy on your team especially if you're a like a lower tier team like the Kings have been if you have like a guy on your team that has elite traits right elite traits like so the, King, the Kings I would say have two guys with elite traits right De'Aaron Fox is stupid fast that's an elite trait right yes. um and then Buddy Hill is his off ball quick shoot his quick shot mm-hmm. off off the off off the catch and shot and and just how good of a shooter he is an off ball shooter is elite and so it's frustrating when you have a guy like that and you, you don't you don't feel like they're maximizing it from him you know he has his deficiencies and I think we have to be honest about that because we, we've been honest about everybody else's I think that what I've seen is is early in the season I thought that he was handling the ball too much and not and not his skill set. Um and so that probably that that probably contributed to a lot of things. Um and and then um you know since he's since he's been on, on the bench, there there's probably been, I would say defensive, some defensive laps isn't on him is probably a reason. But um the this whole thing with the backcourt is is kind of confusing me because his production is better than is better than Bogdanovich, and 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 I do feel like it's worth. Like I get why they did it initially, why they moved him to the bench initially. I I guess I get it. They wanted to switch things up. They needed to, and they did. But at some point, wouldn't you guys like to see him kind of put back in there now that they have all these lineups and let him really get the minutes and put him in some type of position where he can catch and shoot? More a game, rather than right now he gets a lot of his he gets all of his points now with being on on the floor where he's the only threat to score and he kind of just dribbles 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 and like just shoots contested and then he goes through stretches where he's not but then he seems at some point every game, buddy, he'll catches a couple shots in a row and ends up finishing with the points right. So I just would like to see him, um, being his skill set, his elite trait skill set being utilized a little bit more, especially since. You know, I really don't think Bogey's been anything great, man.
2: And so why not try at least a game, maybe? Yeah, uh, and I want to point something out. Uh, and I'm not in any way comparing Buddy to this guy, all right? But they have the same... I, I would like Sacramento to use him in the same way, and that's that's Clay Thompson, right? Klay Thompson's job is he literally runs off off-ball screens, he runs baseline to baseline, he catches and shoots. He had that game where he dropped like... 50 or 60 points or whatever the hell it was, and he dribbled the ball 11 times, all right? Sacramento asked Buddy to be a primary ball handler on the second unit, and that's just not his game, all right? And then that's how it was when Darren Fox was out. Buddy was asked to be a primary ball handler, and that's not his game. Buddy is catch and shoot, and he's, some, and he's one of the best to ever do it. All right, the stats prove he's hit more three pointers in less games than anybody in the history of the NBA. And part of that, you can you know you can contribute to the games change. but Buddy's game is catch and shoot, and uh, it it's amazing to me that Sacramento hasn't utilized again, like Eric said, that that elite uh, that elite talent. They they've seemed to cater to you know Darren Fox dribble you know pick and roll dribble in the lane up and be explosive. Yeah, and I get that it's working. But I would love to see them. Hey, run plays for Buddy. Run, you know, let Buddy just roam with the starting lineup. Let let Darren Fox dribble and kick it out to him. Um, that's that's where Buddy is elite, and I, that's why we love him. Um, and I I don't think Bogdanovich is bringing that to the hit to the lineup right now. But go ahead, Doug. Or Go ahead. Doug. I, yeah,
1: just real quick, I wanted to kind of just go a little further on what Ryan you just said. Uh. Buddy coming in the second unit, generally you're going to have Corey Joseph on the floor. And so, yeah, they have had Buddy handling the ball a lot. And I think, and I even, I think I touched on that an episode or two ago. I would like to see Buddy back in that starting lineup because when you have one of the best, uh, you know, speed guys, drive guys in De'Aaron Fox t- that gets to the hole, when he's driving to the hole and there's, you know, extra attention on him that, you know, Corey Joseph's not going to get. And there's Buddy Healed sitting out on the perimeter, and they could just give it right out to him, dude. That's a deadly combo, and I'd love to see that more often, and especially late in games when Buddy's kind of been, you know, here or there on the bench or on the floor late in games. I think that could be huge at the end of tight games, especially in this last stretch.
0: So let's let's go into uh, like I guess Bogdanovich and how he, how he's been playing because I think they both. All season, that's kind of been the one of the big storylines all season, right? Has been um, those two and how they both fit in. And so, what, Doug? What's what's Buddy's stats been? Um,
2: st- uh, kind of all season. Real like, quick, real quick, I guess. And then maybe since you all real break. quick, I'll bring up Bogdanovich, and Doug, you can bring up Buddy. So you don't got to do twice because I, I I feel like that's where we're heading.
1: Yeah, Buddy's season stats: nineteen point nine points a game. Uh, thirty-nine point one percent from the field, and again, kind of like I just said, since the All Star break, sixteen point six points a game, forty-three point seven from downtown. Do you want me to touch on Bogey real quick?
2: Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. If you've already got it up, that's even okay. better.
1: Okay. Yeah. So his his last eight games since the All Star break, thirteen point eight points a game. He's shooting uh seventeen for fifty seven from downtown, twenty nine point eight percent. And he's also shooting 42.2% from the field overall.
0: And that's where the conversation for me, I feel like needs to be brought. It's like, because the Kings have had a pretty decent record. um, I feel like this is, this is being swept underneath the rug, but I feel like we have to kind of put this out there to everybody and kind of call this out, right? Dude, Bogdanovich just jacks a lot of threes up in, in the first half of games. I mean, constantly i'm constantly posting i feel like majority of the nights i'm i'm posting and sending to you guys by halftime how he's one for seven one for six two for eight whatever he jacks up a lot of shots and and i just I just feel like he, he doesn't really offer much in that starting lineup um you know i i just feel like again what is he doing that buddy couldn't do and and then if if Bogdanovic goes to the second unit, I feel like he can get close to you know four, thirteen. A game he one hundred percent. He one hundred percent
2: can. His career average is like thirteen points a game, and he's never really been a starter in the NBA. So he one hundred percent can still get his averages. I want to point something out right now because I just brought this up. Okay, in the month of February, all right, in the month of February, Bogdan Bogdanovic had February first eight points, February eighth. Five points. Uh, Another one here, six points, nine points, 11 points, five points, okay? Five games in the month of February where he scored single digits. Single digits, dude. That is insane to me. Your starting shooting guard scored single digits five times in an NBA game. Name another NBA team that is doing that. Name another one. That's that's no. That's no way unheard of.
0: Tony Allen okay, back in the day. Okay, well, maybe <laughs> all, right,
2: all, right, all right. there is there is, you know, but what, what's the word? I can't think of it right now, but there is outliers. Okay. Tony Tony Allen was also first team all defense, and he was playing with three or four Hall of Famers. So let's be real. They're not we're not playing with any three or four <laughs> Hall of Famers, and nobody has first team defense on the Kings. Okay. Five times he scored single digits in the month of February. That is very Uh, just mind-blowing to me because there is no team in the the rest of the NBA, especially a team that is still in playoff contention. That's crazy. For a starting
1: shooting guard. A starting shooting guard. That's
2: that's what I'm saying. A starting shooting guard that is five times in the same month had single digits. That's absolutely ridiculous. In some of these games, I'm a very big plus-minus guy. Minus 16, minus 17, minus 24. That's that's absurd. So that just means he's not contributing to the game at all. No defense, not scoring. That is absolutely insane. But the team is winning, so what are you going to do about it? I do, I do feel that
0: okay, in in, in this is where we like we we try to we try to be um I guess Uh, self-aware, right? That's something we try to pride ourselves on. And and again, we're fan guys on Twitter. We're not coaches. And and although we know basketball and follow basketball, um, we don't try to pretend like we're like these coach guys, right? That's why I think we just pose the questions and see kind of what, you know, just to put it out there. And then maybe we can kind of see if we can find the answers. And sometimes I think we constantly put out questions like this and we don't really have an answer. I don't know why they're doing this. There's got to be some exp- explanation to it. Um, but what, like, I think,
2: I th- I think that what they, what you say I didn't realize that they, sorry about that. I didn't mean to do it in the mic. But I didn't realize they summarized this like this, okay? In the entire season, 0 to 9 points, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 11 times this season where he scored single digits. And and this
0: is where it goes back to um, what we've been saying is that dude, this guy's not worth the money. And and one thing that the Kings are in what they have right now is is as we're kind of finishing this season off, is it safe to say that the Kings um, maybe have some work to do in their in their guard rotation? Whereas coming into the year, people thought that was going to be more of a strength, right? But now it's 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 not so clear. It's not so clear on what they're going to do, so I feel like there's there's they're still missing a guard or a forward, and maybe maybe Bogdanovich isn't isn't in the plans. Maybe he isn't going to get that money, and and um that that's something where we're leading to. And I feel like the argument too from
1: the from the majority that we see on social media is that Bogey does overall things better than but, than Buddy does. But it's like when you, I don't know about you guys, but when, for me, when I think of Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think of his best attribute is a shooter and he's significantly worse at
0: that than Buddy Heald. I don't And that's where I hear people say, this is a weird one too. Uh, Ryan, you might be better to kind of give us some guidance on this. Is like, what's the whole thing about it? Like, he's a better ball handler. He's a better, what does that even mean? Uh, I think, you know, because that's well, the one thing I hear.
2: He yeah, three but he's a game. able to you. You can run the offense through Bogdanovich very much. Like it, it's you can. Uh, he's not a big assist guy, but you can run. You can run the offense. There's. Right, I'm going to give you an example. And they're and they're they're out of position. They're not. You know. But there's like Miami does uh, multiple times throughout the game. Bam Adebayo brings the ball up the court. All right. Um, I, I think what they do is he, he's smart about it. He 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 makes the right passes. And and assists aren't everything. Okay. Blake Griffin does it. A lot of teams run you know, through Blake Griffin. There's there's teams that let other guys other than the point guard bring up the ball, and those guys don't average crazy assists. Uh, but I think Buddy, he does have a very high IQ basketball. That's what everyone's always talking about, how great his IQ is, which, yeah. Uh, Buddy does it, or Bogey doesn't do anything great, but he does pretty much everything good. So I think that's where this, you know, and it doesn't always pop on the, on the stat line, but I think that's where it is with Bogdanovich, that he just, uh, you know, he he can run the point guard if you need him to for short periods of time. Uh, he will be that primary uh, score for a short period of time. So I think that's where Bogdanovich's value comes in. Um, you're never going to ask him to do it for a full game or a full stretch of games, but he does do everything uh, pretty good, nothing great. I, I think my biggest gripe with him, because I know we've been we've been killing
0: this guy all season, kind of, I guess, but I don't think we've been killing him, I guess. I think we've been just kind of brutally honest about our opinion of him and 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 i think it comes across as, as we're knocking him and, and we've said he's a good player and i like him for the kings i just i feel like he's a guy who gets thrusted into a role and that maybe he's it's not his role and you know starting and playing a lot of minutes and getting a lot of shots i think is what, what my my thing on him and and really i think if the guy just played with overall better scoring efficiency i would be much happier and comfortable with it that that's my thing if he's in the lineup and he's moving the ball around right and he's setting guys up and he gets the occasional shot and he shoots but when but it's it's when he's I feel like he put he jacks up a lot of shots and that's why I said he his his stat line may end up with 13 14 points but uh you know maybe Doug we can post on Twitter so I don't have to have you digging if you can just make the notes, is like what is his first half stats since the All Star break? That's that's what I'm curious about because I just feel like it takes him it takes a lot of effort for him to get there. And if he played better, you know, we said on our early podcasts is that when when guys play within their their boundaries, we're much happier for that, right? It's when guys are trying to 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 reach and go above what we their skill set. That's where you that you get frustrated about that it's that self-awareness factor right and so and that's why like russell westbrook that's why people get frustrated russell westbrook why are you jacking up so many threes you're not a three-point shooter right and like play the your game and i think we just want that with bogdanovich and if he's in the starting lineup shooting with better efficiency i think i'd be much more comfortable with it. but since he's not and then we have this guy on the bench i'm i'm just frustrated by the whole situation yeah i'm
2: gonna i just want to touch one more um, on, on Bogey Buddy's situation. Um, do you... I'm not saying that they're doing this, but do you think because Buddy Heald is is locked up for the next few years and they did re-sign him and Bogey is expiring, do you think that a little bit of them is trying to... Hey, let's please Bogdanovich a little bit. Do you think there's any possibility of that? Because I don't put anything past Sacramento Kings' ownership and management anymore at all.
0: I don't, I don't think so. In, in, it, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll backfire saying this, but <laughs> I'm going to give a little bit of credit to them this season. Okay. And, and, and I've got to be, we, we got to be honest. That's, that's what, that's our thing. Just straight honesty. They've been very self aware from the beginning of the season. They admitted their faults extremely early and they did not try to force them in, in Ariza and in Deadman. They did not try to force those lineups. Um, they just paid Buddy Hill a ton, a ton of money and, Made the self-awareness decision to move him to the bench. Um, They put Giles in, you know, having no minutes early in the season. It's they've done a lot of things, I guess, to 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 buy some equity with me um, as far as giving them the trust that they're making the right decisions for the team. So I can't, I can't be ignorant and say that.
2: Um, Yeah, so I will go with no for me. It was just a thought because. I, honestly, I don't think they would do that either. But I, I'm, you know, you said that they've had the awareness and to not force lineups. This is the one instance where it feels like they are fo- forcing Bogdanovich. They are. I, I really feel like they are forcing him in into this, and it, it, it doesn't make sense to me, man. It just hasn't. But I, we're winning, dude. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. And until we start losing, whatever, a it's working. How? That's winning cures yeah. all, man. But it's just questions that I. I'm just trying to think of, I, I I would, I just want to get their thought process on the whole thing. Why is it working? Because statistically it's not. That's, that's why.
1: Okay. Now we're going to get to the real important part <laughs> of the show and we're going to discuss these, uh, these red jerseys that the Kings, the Kings are going to be in their, uh, their Royal blues tonight. In yeah. Portland, by the way, So I like those blues, but Hey, let's just keep it light. Let's keep it straightforward. Uh Eric, let's start because I know you guys disagree on these. Eric, I want to hear your thoughts first on the red Sacktown jerseys this year. Go.
0: Well, well, I don't I don't really want to talk about like specifically those ones, although I am. It's just like their whole it's like the whole King's branding and King's jerseys in general. This has been like a uh midweek uh noontime Twitter topic on King's Twitter. has been the jersey thing. There's actually a really cool Noon account time. if you guys don't follow it. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool uh uh Accounts called like king's uniform tracker and they track all the king's record in all of the jerseys and and um all the different ones that the kings wear and how many times they wear them and and one thing i just realized throughout the season is that the kings they're not loyal to that to that uh regular you know purple and white and i really like those jerseys and and these red ones fucking piss me off i hate them now i read that they're done using them that is Uh, correct okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I heard they're done using which thank God. I just think they're ugly. I think that whole campaign from the NBA for those alternates that they did this season are most of them are ugly. Um and and I just feel like the need to address it.
2: I I I don't I let's all right, let's say this. They're not my favorite. Okay. But I really don't think they're that bad, dude. There is a lot worse jerseys that Sacramento has worn over the years in Sacramento that like all right, for instance, oh five, oh six or whatever it was, those gold freaking jerseys. Okay. Oh man. Say we gotta agree the goals are the worst of all time, right? And those jerseys were (laughs) like, yikes, dude. And then there was those the checkerboard ones, like, dude, there had. Yeah, well, you. I like the checkered ones. I'm not going into about some 1995 jerseys right now, but okay. Anyways, there there has been worse jerseys. I understand what everyone's hating about. Like, let's just wear our traditional stuff. Blah blah blah. But I made this point before. We turn the podcast on, you know, we go over what we're going to say, you know, we have all of our stuff is unscripted, but we do have an agenda. Okay. And during our agenda talk, uh, I, I brought up that, you know, good teams don't do this gimmicky stuff to, to get attention. No, I was the one who brought that up, dude. Don't try to point. Don't try to point. I'm the one who said that because i was bringing up well the lakers doug was like well the lakers only wear three jerseys that's because they're the lakers the celtics don't yeah that's because it's the celtics and they have a brand they have a brand
0: yeah and no, then i have, specifically have a brand said and i specifically that's I was said well and you stole it dude i specifically
2: said well bad teams
0: oh, i said God. bad teams fucking do that like that's where and, i was and, that's and where i was going i was, go going. Like I was deep, talking
2: about gimmick when you're when you're a when you have your brand already solidified, you don't have to do stuff like this. And that was the point I made in, and you try to chime in and steal it from me. So I'm going to go ahead and take credit for that. I really am. Well, you know what? I'm not, fuck you. In the. I'm not in the credit business here, okay?
0: This is where, I just feel like the, king, the Kings are trying to be like the organ That's what, Ducks I'll give you that. Of, you of did basketball. say that. You did you, say you that. Know?
2: Eric's very passionate about this red jersey thing. He talks about it multiple times a week. It doesn't bother me as much at all. It doesn't bother me. I fucking they, hate them. I watch every game. It, it's like it's like all this branding, it,
0: it, it, all the money they put around it. I don't know. The purple ones are tight. The white ones are tight, and I'm cool with the alternating blacks. I fucking hate. I, I'm not even a fan of the black court. I like the black court. I just I'm a I'm a I'm fan of like a court. brand. Yeah, every likes I call it it the Game it of life, Thrones whatever. court, dude. I, I think it's nobody, badass. Whatever. <laughs> You know, if they went all in on Games of Thrones and adopted the brand, I'd be about it, but they don't. It, it's just like, I, I just like, I, I like, I feel like this season, more so than any other season, I feel like their main their main jerseys have been kind of in the back burner. They barely True. wear them, and I, I just like them. I just like them. I don't like the, Kings aren't, guys, the Kings are not red. They're not red. Now, they have a history of royal blue, and I think they've gone way too hard into that. I'm just more of a traditionalist in that you have some clean crispy jerseys you know wear them a little bit why and and crispy. then they're constantly posting on fucking Twitter like hey come buy these red ones dude I see nobody wearing the red ones I wouldn't wear the red ones I guess where you trying to market to little kids maybe I don't fucking know man just wear the black red or black purple <laughs> can, white give Can it to we do can we do something fun man. real quick
2: I know we're we're trying to get off here pretty soon cuz we got you know stuff to get to but can we just go? What is your guys' all time favorite Kings Kings uniform? All time favorite?
1: My favorite's the, the classic 01, era, the straightforward Kings logo on the chest. That's it. Straightforward, classic. The black one. Yeah, ones yeah, that they had, yeah, yeah. The 01, the what, what yeah, was it? Correct.
2: Like 99, like yeah. Mitch Richmond, late Mitch. It's like 99 yeah, to them, 04 the or whatever. And, and then Jay they switched Will them, them up. and stuff. I'm just making sure we're all on the same page. And I think they try to bring that back with these mm-hmm. black ones now. What do you uh, like? Eric? I don't feel that the old way. The ones?
0: I don't feel like maybe this is maybe this is what I'm so <laughs> the cold ones. Maybe this is something I'm so passionate. I like okay. the Rochester Royals. Is to be honest with you, the current ones I kind of
2: like. This I kinda is kinda something like the weird current that I want to say. You know what bugs me about other than what the king, like the the navy ones or the royal blue, whatever you want to call it tonight, the kings wearing. I hate. All right, so they have the almond uh uh advertisement on there when they were the when they were the black and they were the white stuff. <laughs> To me, that blue just fucking stands out way too much. That's why I do kind of like them when they were the ones that weren't tonight. It blends in. It's nice and fluid. It's not their fault. They're just trying to make some money. I get it. It's not that big of a deal, but it always catches my eye in the game. And I'm always like, God, damn, dude, I, I really don't like that patch there. Yes. Okay. Uh,
0: the ones I really don't like, though, are like the mid 2000s. The, you guys will know what I'm talking about. It was those, the ones oh, that God, Reebok dude. really had. And it was the big shoulders. The big-shouldered Reebok ones that was just—it looked Jason, like it sold at Walmart. J- and Jason, Jason Thompson rookie year it.
2: jerseys. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's who I think oh, of. God. That's who I think oh, of God. when oh, I—I I think of like Andres Nocioni wearing that jersey. I think of I average. Think of Vano Udre wearing average. Jason Thompson. Those are the guys that I think of in that jersey, man. So,
0: all right. Well, I, I'm glad you guys gave me the platform to say this because, like, fuck those red jerseys. I'm gonna run out wearing them anymore. <laughs> Let's go back to your traditional stuff. And you know what? When the Kings start winning, I hope they just commit to one solid color. You know, like just, just, just give us a brand. Stop trying to be too hip and cool. You know, Oregon does that because they no, can't fucking Oregon, recruit Oregon anybody. Does right? that. Or, like, right, that's, that's why they switched the jerseys. Up. I'm not gonna
2: let you end our podcast on false, false claims like that. Oregon does it because of Phil Knight, and that's where Nike's at, bro. That's the only reason Oregon does that. That's it. It's not to try to recruit people because Oregon actually has been. Re- we're not. A, we're not a football podcast. Stop. Oh, I'm done. I'm done.
1: Okay, I'm gonna close it out with this. After the Blues tonight, Eric, you'll be happy. The next four games. Ooh, Purple's
0: Ooh. Purple's the next My guy. Game. Hey. My <laughs> guy with the stat guy. 0 top top and four, if we go 0 and four, if we go four, I will be upset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we want to thank all you guys for joining us again. Again, last time, shout out Ziggy's Smoke Shop. Give them a follow on Instagram. Uh, for Defresh, Eric, and Ryan. Go Kangs. 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 Thanks for listening to the Kangs Cast Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and be notified for our next episode. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kangs Cast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio.